All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Welcome, everybody, to Dropping the Gloves with John and Tim. Sorry, Tim, I don't got that energy. I can't scream. It's still early. The kids are sleeping. But welcome, everybody, to Dropping the Gloves. A nice Monday. It was a great weekend. Yeah, it was. Really, really great weekend. Lots of fun. Um, But anyways, thank you for joining us. Hope we put on a good show for you today. Tim, how how was your weekend? I I got to see you. Yes, you did. It was a a big moment. Big moment in our relationship. It was. Got to meet your beautiful mom. She came out to... uh, Holy Rosary, we had a nice concert out there with a bluegrass band. It was, a, it was a really nice night, even though it was rainy and cold, but it was a great night. Your mom's a great person. Really, yeah. really good. She's pretty cool. It's funny, uh, we've been, she's visiting me for a few days. She leaves on Wednesday, and last night she cooked dinner um, in my apartment while I was at hockey, but then I, she, I came back, and she's got like a laundry list full of stuff. But like, I'm pretty organized, but I'm not like – I'm not dusting all the like the shelves and stuff. And so she's like, yeah. you, need, you need to buy Windex. You need the dust thing. You need like this and that. You need more ingredients in your kitchen. I'm going to take care of all of it. So I'm like, okay. If you say so, mom. That's what moms do. That's so cool. But let's bat you. What did you say at the beginning of that sentence? Where did you go? Yeah. Played hockey last night. First time since the shoulder injury. What? So one of the guys that I skated with last year, asked, he's on a new team, and he asked me if I wanted to play because they had someone drop out. They've already been playing for a month. And I said, maybe, but uh, can I just come for one game and see how the shoulder holds up? And no problem at all. Not an issue whatsoever. You're welcome. <laughs> Throwing around <laughs> windows. You. That might be it. I don't think I took, like, you know, I didn't put my all my weight into a shot or anything, but but literally I didn't notice it the entire game. I look good. I played pretty well. 
and you don't want to hurt the goalie with that blistering shot of yours. So you got to be careful. I know, I know. Got to be thoughtful of that. Uh, you scored did, a goal. You did? Good. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this podcast will never be the same. It's never going to be the same. It was <laughs> sweet. We were up four to three, and then we got a three-on-one, and I was the third guy trailing, and he passed it back to me, and it went in backhand. It was sweet. It was a good goal. Did the goalie bite on the forehand fake, I'm guessing? I think the goalie thought he was going to pass across to the other guy, and uh, I don't think he ever saw me. And he just he just looked sprawled out, and uh, we won five to three. Wow, what a night! What what was he? What was it like in the locker room because of this whole pandemic? Because when we start our games on Sunday, and I heard the rink has already said no beers after the game, and our team almost walked because that's the whole, only reason we go is to get the game out of the way, just to have to kind of. You know, such so a little social gathering afterwards. We we've been known to sit in the locker room for five, six, seven hours after the game and show up <laughs> home at like one in the morning. So, what was it like? Was there any rules? Was there anything posted on the wall? Uh, so the, yeah, like everything on the wall says you must wear a mask around the rink, and I don't know what the rules are. If they say you're supposed to wear a mask on the ice, but no one did, and there were even like people there like fans and families and stuff watching in the ring so i thought they would have said like no like players only in the building you know but they didn't uh so pretty much once you get to the locker room no one's wearing a mask and then uh yeah i i didn't see anything about beers or anything but our guys didn't anyway which is fine with me they did not no what's the point play hockey john the love of the game that's that's What's the honestly though? I shake my head. I'm like, what's the point of playing? Like, if you're not going to have a couple socials after the game, like honestly, what's the point? There, I that's that's just the way I look at it. I have so much fun, even if we lose ten to nothing, to go in the room and be like, all right, boys, and then someone tosses out beers, and whoever's done first goes and tosses out a few more. Then our rule is, I think I've said this before, we don't leave the rink until all the beers are gone. So if everybody brings a case of beer, it's going to be a long night. So that's the rule. But that's actually not the precise rule. If you open a case, you have to finish that case. We're not leaving any open cases with any open cases. So if you bring a full case and you don't open, you can bring that full case home. Okay. And everyone, everyone does it? Everyone, yes, adheres to the rules for you kids out there. Obviously, 21 and over in the States, 19 and over in some provinces, 18 and over in some other provinces. And then worldwide, I don't know the the alcohol consumption laws in your world country. But, yes, always adhere to those rules and those laws. Because we got have, we have listeners worldwide. We do. I was looking worldwide. at the map the other day. Like Japan, South Africa, India, Australia. North Korea. <laughs> we see you <laughs> i see you baby whoever you are <laughs> there because there was one in north korea i saw i thought at one point Anyways, some of those I, people they got to be like u.s or canadian soldiers on an army base somewhere not north korea yeah probably not i don't know but anyways that's exciting my first game is this sunday so are you nervous no, I have not skated since my last game when I – well, no, remember we were going to line up for the championship game, but the other yeah. team quit. So I haven't played since the semifinals of last year, which I just – I played incredible. I played inspired hockey. <laughs> but it's uh, it's been a long – gosh, must be six months now, seven, six or seven months. 
I can't. It, this pandemic thing is going on for so long. Like, just it's how long has it been? It started in March, right? Yeah, March. So do the math there. Is that six months? It was all of March, so seven months. We're into October. Yeah, this is crazy. Is if we get to a calendar year, this is something else. Like it's this gonna is happen. Just, it's oh. gonna happen. It's it's a done deal. I I am just I keep wait waiting to wake up for my news feed to be like Trump died. I I've been waiting for that the last two days since he got COVID. I'm like, well, there's a pretty good chance he's gonna die. He's gonna get released today. They said he feels fine. Yeah, then he's. He's not the brightest guy when it comes to this stuff, but I just like keep waiting for it to be like Trump's dead. I'm like, oh great, <laughs> what are we gonna do now? But all right, anyways, back to hockey. So there has been some movements, there has been some some hockey stuff happening. Everyone's getting ready for the draft, so all the GMs are trying to prepare their team. Well, you, you heard from it from um, Julian Breezeball from Tampa Bay. He's like, great, we won the cup. I literally started working for my next year's team the day after because. It's such a truncated off season. Do you like that word truncated? Very good job. Good I have choice. been just throwing out some grammar this morning and I get no recognition for it. So because of this shorter off season, GMs, they've been scrambling, especially the guys who've made deep runs in the playoffs say, okay, the salary cap is flat. What does my team look like? I have all these RFAs I have to sign. I have, I'm losing all these UFAs. I have to re-sign guys to replenish the stocks then we have to do the, do the draft. I have my due, due diligence there. What do we have to do to make this season work? And it's a, this is putting the GMs to the test. You see the ones kind of rising to the top or the ones who are active, the ones who have a plan. Other guys probably don't even have a plan. And you notice that they're, they're not making moves. They're not making any statements. They're probably just sitting in like their war room or wherever they do their, their work, and they still don't have a plan. They're scratching their heads. So anyways, um, just to run through some of the signings, Stars Inc., Sakara. I played with him in Buffalo. Good defenseman. You know, he was a good third-pairing guy for them. He kind of just solidified the number five spot. Nothing flashy. Moves the puck okay. You know, he's not going to give up a big play, but he's not going to create a big play. He signed for two years, $3 million. That's a cookie-cutter deal for a 5-6 guy. Good for them. Um, this was this one, I, I scratched my head when I saw this one. The Chicago Blackhawks traded Olimata. Do you remember five years ago when Olimata was – going to be the next Nicholas Lidstrom. And he was just, he was coming off his second Stanley Cup when he played so well in the Mata show for a long time. And then the Hawks gave up a pretty good haul to get him. And now he's just, they're letting him go for next to nothing to the LA Kings for forward Brad Morrison, who I've never heard of. He could be a good prospect, but what happened to Olimata? And B, what is Chicago doing? It's not like they're, exactly stocked with defensemen on the back end. The last time I checked, that was the weakness of their team. And Olimata, for as inconsistent as he was or has been the last few years, he was pretty good. They This last year, they traded their most offensively talented defenseman in Gustafson, when you just look at points. They traded him to Calgary. So you're jettisoning Gustafson. You're jettisoning Olimata what do you have left on that back end for a team that is screaming for defensive help? We know you have Duncan Keith. After that, you have Connor Murphy. He, I played with him in Arizona. Nice kid, tall, big body, but 
He's not exactly striking fear in the other opponent's top line. Like, oh, we got to watch out for Connor Murphy. Like, Slater, Coke, Coke. Like, they got to Han. He didn't have an inspiring year. I think he had five or six points. Like, that's – I don't know. I just don't see how this makes the team better unless they're planning for something else. That's what I always hope for when I see the trade like this. Okay, you're getting rid of Olimata. What's up next, Mr. Bowman? Who we, Are we making a run at Oliver ekman Larson? Are we going to try to, you know, make a make a run for Peter Angelo? How exciting would that be? I don't know. What what do you think? I I hope they do, but I, I saw a headline in, or an article that said, and I don't know the cap situation for those guys intimately, but basically they were doing that so they didn't have to buy him out, and now they got a little bit of wiggle room to sign or re-sign Kubelik, uh, Strom, and Crawford. None of those guys play defense. So I, I think this is going to be a boring move. I don't think this necessarily lends itself to something bigger coming. But I think you're right. They need the back-end help. They do need – I mean, Petrangelo, OEL, Krug even, those are, those are top-pairing guys. I don't know if they have the, the bandwidth or the cap room to sign one of those guys. But if they do, I think they could be a contender pretty much right away again. In the, it's not like they don't have cap space. I think right now they're they're sitting around – 68 once they get rid of Mata because Mata it's not like he makes a a, a big big contract but I, th- I think he makes a decent size so um I don't necessarily like the move but hopefully he has a bigger plan in place because right now I think they have around 11 to 13 million cap space which you know is a pretty good amount when you already have all your big guys signed on the on the top end you have your Kane Taves to bring out sod those guys are already locked up you know what they could do? If they can get out from under – poor Brandon Saad. He just – good for him signing that big contract, but he's just – this is the last year on his deal. I wonder what his next contract will kind of bring because five or – what does he make? He makes $6 million. That's a heck of a lot of money for a guy like – you used to be a pretty, pretty, pretty good performer, but not anymore. But anyways, we got – we got some work to do with that roster. Anyways, moving on. Another you said you saw a tweet another tweet from a, a goalie who just got bought out, a thirty-eight year old Hall of Fame first round ballot guy. What did he say? Did he say I'm done, I'm not coming back? Yeah, he basically said I still got some game and I want to win. Um, so and that kind of sent a spark yesterday afternoon throughout the Twitter hockey Twitterverse. And the, the, based on just what I'm seeing online, again unsubstantiated rumors, but this is this is pretty, I think, good speculation. He's not going to go to a team that, that doesn't have a chance to win. He's also not going to go to a team where he has to be a workhorse. So I think you might see him go to a Washington, uh, a Colorado. Uh, I mean, Chicago's there, but I don't think they're they're there like some of those other teams are. Or maybe the Blues you go back up Bennington. Um, those to me are, are probably the, the likely contenders, but there's still a lot to be figured out because like you said, we, we've been saying for weeks, this, this goalie carousel is about to happen. Um, and I think a lot of teams, I mean, October 9th is the opening of free agency, which is only what a week away, less than this. It's this Friday, right? Yeah. So this, uh, there's a lot of teams that are going to look a lot different in a week than they do right now. I'll tell you where he's going to go. He's going to go to Vegas. Vegas is going to – I know they've been saying they're going to keep Flurry and Laner, but after just signing Laner to a big $25 million deal over five years, they are going to move Marc-Andre Flurry. They're going to either buy him out or trade him. That'll be that. And then he is going to go to Vegas for – he's going to sign for $1.5, $2 bucks, something, you know, easy, easy on the books, and that's where he'll go. 
That's my first guess. And that's a pretty outrageous guess, but I could just see him being a one a just like Vegas likes to have because if Vegas knows, I hate saying Vegas so often, but if they know they can get rid of flurry and get a lung fist for a quarter of the price, like that's a no brainer for them to make that move because it's not that much. If anything, it's a lateral move as far as skill. And if you put Lungfist in front of a team like Vegas, who is so much better than the Rangers team was even playing for it for the last, gosh, eight years, he's going he's gonna to revert back to a pretty good goalie because he was just getting shelled in New York the last few years. So I could see that happening. I could definitely see him going to Washington, like you said, and I could see him being the starter in Washington if he does go there. So how fun would that be if he went to the, his biggest rival for the last 15 years has been Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals, the biggest thorn in his side to why they haven't had success. The Washington Capitals, he goes over there, pulls the Johnny Damon huh. and goes and joins the arch nemesis, Washington Capitals. And good reference, John has uh, so, so, some success there. There did, he, did Damon leave Boston to go to New York, right? Yes. Yeah. And how was that met in the streets of Boston? Uh, it was not met well because then he, he went from like the lovable, you know, long, flowy hair, beer guy to tight haircut, clean shaven, playing for the evil empire. So just winning championships because he won a few in New York. If I'm if I'm remembering that correctly, I don't think so. Correctly. So anyways, do do we need to go through the goalies again? I feel like every episode there is so well, even another big, big announcement was. Tristan Jerry signed with uh, Pittsburgh. Yep. For a three year deal, right? And does that spell, is that the final nail in the coffin of Matt Murray signaling his end of an era in Pittsburgh, a short lived end of an era? Imagine being a starting goaltender in the NHL. Your first two years, you win Stanley Cups. And then the third, how long has he been there? Three or four years. Then your last few years, you don't play that well. And you're like, all right, you're out the door. What have you done for me lately? You haven't won a con smite or a trophy? Nothing? Okay, sorry. We got to get rid of it. There's this young kid. We think he's going to be good. So you're out the door. It's so crazy that that's how it works. Like usually if you would have won a Stanley Cup, that's your team until you want to retire. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, just, it's just crazy. So let's go through the list of teams. It'll, it'll be fairly quick. There's 31 NHL teams. We'll talk about their goaltending situation very quick. Or do you want to run down the free agent goalies real quick, Tim, for us? Let's look at the top uh, goalies to start. So okay. some of these we've already talked about. But Lundqvist, 38. He's a UFA. Braden Hope, he's a UFA. He's only 31. He's got a lot of good years ahead of him. He's something fun off about him for the last couple of years. But he was like the best goalie for two or three years there. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Maybe it's just a change of scenery is all he needs. And maybe he goes to one of those teams we just talked about, like a, like a Colorado or St. Louis uh, Corey Crawford, UFA. There's a report came out over the weekend that they're expected to re-sign him, um, which you'll probably see. Jimmy Howard. He's a guy I kind of feel sorry for. What are your thoughts on Jimmy Howard? Jimmy, Jimmy's down. Um, Jimmy is a good goalie. He's not a great goalie. The problem with Jimmy is he lets in so many muffins. And it drives you bananas when it's just a floater from the point and it just slips through him somehow. That's his issue. And he's played in front of an atrocious Detroit team for years now. And he gets shelled with 50 shots. But that's the thing. He saves 48 shots and he gives up this like dribbler from center that goes in or some shot he should have saved. So I don't know. I like the way he plays, but he's just not. If, if I'm picking, if there's 31 teams and there's 62, 62 goalies in the league, 
I don't think he's in the 62. So I, I don't, I don't think he signs a deal this year to remain in the NHL. I, I think he'll sign a two way deal and try to work his way onto a team during training camp. That's my prediction. If he, if he kind of humbles himself and signs a real, real, real small deal, like I'm talking 800 grand, then maybe he can be the backup, but I don't know if he does that because he's making a decent, you know, contract his last five years. So we'll see. But yeah, he's not, listen, if I'm picking between him or a Hopi or a Hudobin or a Lungfist or a Murray, he's at the bottom of the list. Like he doesn't, he doesn't beat those guys. So anyways, moving on. Who else do we got? Uh, Craig Anderson. I think you probably see him say. Love Craig, Craig Anderson. Love me some Craig Anderson. Give me Craig Anderson, and I will win a Stanley Cup. I'm telling you right now. He's 39, dude. Give me Craig Anderson when he's 32, and I'm winning the Stanley Cup. <laughs> he's getting up there. He's 39. That's incredible. When he was on, though, when he's on, he is as good as anyone in this league. He has, he has nights when he just shuts teams down. It's he incredible. So, and then talk about – it's funny these goalies we talk about. Ottawa has been atrocious too for years, and he's kept them in games. He took them to the conference finals for Pete's sake. And he, I don't know, he's a very good goalie. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him, yeah, re-sign in Ottawa for a short-term deal. But I don't know, that GM there has no allegiance. I think after him, the longest tenure person there has only been there for like two or three years. So we'll see what happens at Ottawa. They are just such a team. There's a big question mark on that whole organization right now. Do they have their stuff together? Is Dorian going to figure it out? Or is he going to further drive this team into just the abyss of Ottawa that it's been the last three, four years? Because they are just horrendous. And they have the opportunity right now, this season, you have the opportunity for one season only to resurrect your, your team, like a phoenix out of the ashes. So will they do it? I have no idea. They have a ton of cap space. They have a gazillion draft picks. What are they going to do with it? What are they going to do? They bought out Bobby Ryan. They, uh, who knows? I, I Teams like this that have so many opportunities, they get me excited. The Detroit Red Wings, the Ottawa Senators. Those two guys literally have a blank canvas. If you're an artist, what are you going to paint, Stevie Eiserman? you got to have a lot of patience, though. Oh, you do, but you also have so many possibilities. You can pick people's pockets right now. People are trying to get rid of salary cap. They are trying to dump players because they need to fit under the cap. If you were a really shrewd businessman, you can really kind of lean on guys. and like, listen, you're not going to be able to make your cap. You're not going to be able to sign these RFAs in two years. What are you going to do? You're going to be stuck with this guy, this guy. You're not going to be able to tender this guy an offer, and someone's going to give him an offer sheet, and away we go. So it's just you could really, really, really make some moves and build a team right now. So I don't know if these guys are as smart as I am. I doubt it but we'll see how it turns out because they could make a big jump in the standings because the Bruins are waning. Montreal is always a disaster. Like who knows what their Bergevin's probably looking for more fourth line guys. That's his, that's his thing. We need some more fourth line guys. Um, the Leafs are always, who knows what the Leafs are up to. Buffalo is a train wreck. Always my former team. Love them. There is some room for the Ottawa senators and the Detroit Red Wings to make some moves. Let's go. Dropping the Gloves, brought to you by Manscaped, the best grooming tool out there. They offer precision-engineered tools for you. They have obsessed over their technology. 
their developments to provide you with the absolute best tools for your grooming. Now you want to talk about grooming. I have a large body to groom. And when I say large, I mean from top to bottom. And this tool, I got it a few weeks back. It is a game changer. I used to have the old school that just you could hear from three towns over. It was so loud. This one is super quiet. It trims my ears, the insides, the outsides, the back. I have hair all over my ears. It gets my neck nice and clean, my shoulders, my chest. Like It is a game changer when it comes to cleaning yourself up. I, I came out of the room the other day after cleaning myself up. My wife said, John, whoa, what's different? I'm like, hey, what, am, what can I say? Manscaped, they hooked me up. Not only did I look good, but Manscaped, in order for me to look good, they spent the last 18 months developing the perfect tool and they named it the Lawnmower 3.0. Let me tell you about this little tool. It has a ceramic blade to reduce cuts, which is huge. I, I, I don't know about you, but every time I'm done grooming, I have little nicks and cuts all over my body. So just that in itself, you had me, you had me at hello. But it, in addition to that, they have a battery that lasts up to 90 minutes. When I'm on the road doing an event or when I played, I would be in the middle of shaving my beard and my buzzer would crap out. And I'd be like, what do I do? I don't have anything else. I don't have a charger. Like, how, how do I get out of this situation? If I would have had a tool that lasts 90 minutes, I would have never had that issue. In addition to that, it's water resistant. You could bring it in the shower, get your hair nice and soft and malleable. It just cuts it right off. They have an LED light so you can see what you're doing. The motor is 7,000 RPMs. That's insane. That's like a motorbike. It has a cool little charging stand. You throw it on the countertop. It looks like a piece of art. Everyone's like, what is that thing? It's like, oh, it's my grooming tool. No big deal all that and then guess what you don't even have to pay full price for this thing if you go to manscape.com today you will not only get this great lawnmower 3.0 or whatever else you order they have so much stuff on their website you get 20 percent off and free shipping isn't that crazy now you only get this if you use promo code john scott 20 so go to manscapes.com enter promo code john scott 20 and you get 20 percent off you get free shipping and use promo code john scott 20 to get yourself a sweet little gift. Cheers, everybody. You've counted on restaurants. Now they are counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory, Love that place. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of 15 bucks or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget that's BLUEWIRE for 5 bucks off your first order with DoorDash. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening, opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, they are your online sportbook experts. Dropping the gloves, dropping the gloves, dropping 
Any other free agent goalies? Yeah, a couple more. Uh, Matt Murray, he's a RFA, so I, I would expect to see probably his rights traded over the next couple of days uh, to see if any team wants to get a run with him or just wait till he hits the market on Friday. The clock is ticking on RFAs. Yep. Yep. Um, let's keep going. This is what I'm really, really interested to see what happens. Ooh. Jacob Markstrom, Vancouver. Yes. He's that is 30. Situation. Cause, because he played so well for them. And then he, I forget if he went hurt, if he just got pulled, but they had Thatcher Demko come in and he was lights out, right? Hurts, yeah. And Demko was just incredible over the course of whatever, a series and a half. Uh, for Vancouver. So they have a tough decision to make and they got to think about, I mean, Markstone's only 30. He's got some good playing years ahead of him. He made 3.6 the last couple of years. What does he sign for? Did he stay in Vancouver? Do they go with Demko, sign a cheap backup, you know, veteran backup and, and that's their squad going forward or what? You got to bring Markstrom back. You, you, yeah. you have to do everything you can to bring him back. But again, when you look at the salary cap issues of every team, I don't think they can. I think they're strapped for cash. I, I I just don't see it working there numbers-wise unless Markstrom wants to stay at his current salary, which he obviously doesn't. He had an unbelievable year. He's a good young goaltender. You don't see many guys his age hit the market. I'd be interested to see what he gets or where he would go. So let's play a little game. Is that the rest of the UFAs? Yeah, no one else exciting after that. Cam Talbot. Thomas Grice and Hudobin. That'd be an interesting one to see what happens there. But Dallas has said they want to bring him back. And I think that Laner signed for $5 million means that there's no way Hudobin gets more than like three, right? Yeah, he set the market there. And yeah. I think I think Hudobin gets two. Two. Two, five. Because if he's, if he's signing Hudobin, he's not going to be the starter. He's already 34, 35 years old. Like he, he's probably going to sign a three-year deal for $2 bucks, 2.5. That That would be a good you know, value for him. It'd be good for the team and the goalie. So anyways, let's just suppose the Bruins do for some reason trade to Rask. Where do you see their next goaltender coming from? Do they just go to Halak or do they look elsewhere? Where do you see as a Bruins loyal, what's their goaltending situation looking like next year if Rask is not there? Go. Uh, well, I haven't really thought that much about it yet because this what? This report just came out, I think, yesterday, where first they were saying that uh, there was rumors of Sweeney had asked Rask for his 15-team no-trade list. Um, and then I think uh, one of the writers, <clears throat> writers, and then it was verified by capfriendly.com, that Rask no longer has a no-movement list on his, on his contract. It expired at the end of last season. So really anything's possible. Um, and assuming if he is gone, Halak is not a number one right now you've seen plenty of examples where if you've got two one B types or, or two like high end number twos, you can kind of still win games and go on runs and hope that someone gets hot when it matters. So uh, I, I don't really love them playing those odds, but again, if you can, I don't know if you got a lock for whatever he makes on a, a veteran goalie like a Lundqvist like you said for a couple a couple million or Craig Anderson or whoever one of those guys for a couple million it does open up the salary cap for some really cool possibilities the Bruins have a lot of needs but I just don't see where trading a legit top three top five goalie in the league makes you a better team well it does if you can get um a cheap salary then you can go and keep Tory Krug 
add some pieces that helps out your team and your defensive end. Because right now, I think the most pressing need in Boston isn't goaltending. Even if you do get rid of Halak, like teams have shown that they don't need a stud goaltender to win. You need a good goaltender to get you through the regular season. But once you get the playoffs, that kind of gets thrown out the window. Like Hudobin carried the stars and he's not even a household name. So if they can get out from under Rask's contract, sign a Flurry or a Lungfist or a Markstrom or get a Matt Murray for a decent cost, like three million bucks, I think that's a home run for Boston. I would love to see, and I know I'm going to throw this name a lot, but Lungfist would be perfect there. Him and Halak could split games. They could each play. Well, who knows what the season's going to look like? We could, we could still have a shortened season game-wise. Split the games, and then Lundqvist plays in the playoffs. I think that's the ideal situation. That's I would love to see that. But I, who knows? I don't think they'll get rid of Rask. I think that would be career suicide for Sweeney if he traded Rask, and then the goaltending situation is just a, a mess. So I, I think he'll stay and they'll just move on from this. But if they do get rid of Rask, it wouldn't surprise me if they went out and got – I think Lundqvist will have a lot of suitors. I really, really do. I think he's played, especially the teams in the East, he has played them so hard for so long. GMs are just like licking their chops. Like, we can get this guy in our team and this will be great. All right, St. Louis Blues. They have Bennington. They're not, they're not moving around. The Colorado Avalanche, they ran into the goaltending troubles. They had Grubauer – they have Hutchinson. They have that Frank Coeur. What do you think they're going to do? The Colorado Avalanche, who are a legitimate Stanley Cup contender, who should compete for the Cup for the next, what, five to ten years? What do you think they need to do on the back, on, between the pipes, Tim? What's their big move? I think they need to go out and get a guy, for sure. I think they need to get someone who – well, I mean, Hutchinson's a free agent. He's probably not back. I think they probably still got Frank Coos and Grubauer under contract. Yeah. I think that I would like to see them go get someone with a little, little bit more stability and experience back there. Do you think they can win with Grubauer or Frank Coos? Yeah, only because, you know, I would never would have thought Dallas could get there with – Hedobin. So yeah, I mean, I would say they're probably a better team overall and yeah, it's possible. But again, you want to give yourself the best odds you can. Yeah. I, I think they'll stick with who they have. I, I think they just have such a high powered offensive team and they, they kind of got exposed a little bit in the playoffs by Dallas with their depth. So maybe instead of focusing on the goaltending, they'll maybe go out and grab a couple more tertiary scores, some third and fourth line guys, maybe give them a little more boost in the back end, but they're, they're just such a dangerous team. All right, Tampa Bay, they are set. Washington, they're apparently set, right? They have that Varlamov, I want to say, the Russian kid. Not him. They, they got Sem- Semenov or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some Russian kid. Washington is set. Philly has Carter Hutt, Carter Hart. Pittsburgh, Tristan Yari. Do they trust him to lead this team to the promised land again, or do they need to bring in a veteran backup? I, th- I see them going out and getting a veteran backup on a cheap contract. And maybe a guy like Cam Talbot. Maybe a guy who can sign for a million bucks. Because I don't think any of these guys on this list, the Murray, the Flurry, the Lundqvist, the Hudobin, the Crawford, the Holpies, the Markstroms, I don't think you could sign them for a million bucks unless they think they're going to win the Stanley Cup. Then Lundqvist might be able to just say, hey, listen, I've already made, let's see, $79 million in my career. If not more, maybe I'll, you know, give you a deal, but you got to promise I'm going to win a Stanley Cup. So who knows? 
Vegas Golden Knights. I already gave my prediction. What do you think they're going to do? Are they going to keep Fleury or get rid of him? I think they get rid of him for sure. Okay. How? Trade him? Buy him out? Yeah, trade. Yeah. I don't think it's it's not worth buying him out. He's still going to help you. It's not like he's hurting your team by being there. But there are going to be teams looking for a goalie, and they can probably get a couple pieces for him. So. All right. Now here's we get into the, the meat. Edmonton Oilers. What are they going to do? Tim, give it to me. Where are they getting their goaltender from? Because they're not bringing back Mike Smith. They have the young Cook, Kuskami. There's so many names like that in the NHL now. And I know I'm butchering these names. So it's Koskinen. Koskinen. He's not young, though. He's 32. Is he? Goodness gracious. Yeah. He's only been in the league for a few years. He's probably playing back in, in Europe somewhere. Um, he didn't really become a starter until he was 30. So what does Edmonton do? Because they obviously don't trust him. Right. He wasn't a starter in the bubble. He um, he flamed out when he was in the net. What are they – again, we've already harped on this many, many times. Edmonton is ruining Connor McDavid and Leon Dreinsidel. What do they have to do in the goaltending situation, Tim, to give them some help? If you're the GM – if you're Ken Holland, what are you doing? I'm going to go trade for Matt Murray. Oh, baby. I like that. I like that. He's an RFA. So you're going to have to give up a couple of picks or something. But again, not much. And they have plenty of assets. I'm not worried about like the, the Oilers, you know, uh, pipeline. Like they got, they have a piece that they need right now. Um, so I'm going to go get Matt Murray. He's only 26. He's got a lot of years ahead of him. If they can sign him and he can be a guy. Again, he's won two cups, right? So. Uh, I think that's the – given the market right now, that's the that's the piece I'm looking at for them. So what would you give up for him? Uh, Not much. I mean, right. I mean, you said like a fourth-round pick for Tory Krug's rights, right? So something along those lines. I mean, if it has to be a third or something, even a second, I don't care. Like the, I don't, the Oilers don't need draft picks. So, um, yeah, I would – But you don't want to overpay. I, I would say a third or fourth rounder would be – justified because he is an RFA. You can qualify him. You can, you know, give him an offer sheet. I think a third or fourth rounder would be adequate for him. And then you just protect him by putting a third or fourth round tender on him. If someone gives him an offer sheet. So you kind of hedge your bets a little bit. All right. I like that. The Dallas stars surprising that a team who makes it to the Stanley cup finals, who is two wins away from winning the cup now has goaltending issues. Ben Bishop. What is he going to look like in the next year? Hudobin's obviously a free agent. Where do they go? I think I'll give you my take. You, you just kind of—I think you just bring back the same two guys. I think you signed Hudobin. He's obviously comfortable there. He likes Dallas. Ben Bishop—he can't get any worse. He's going to come back healthy. He's still—I believe—he's still an elite goaltender. He's just been on hard, hard times the last few years. So, give them another chance, and let's just roll this thing back. See if we can catch magic in a bottle again for this coming year, because. That whole lineup is old. Why not just, you know, embrace it and just have your, your goaltending duo be average age 35 and move on? Because Ben Bishop is a young. Hudobin's going to be 36 when the season starts, maybe 37. So I think you roll it back. I don't know. What do you think? Hudobin's only 34. But, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, bring the same two guys back and just say uh, <laughs> – there's no way they do anything close to what, they, what just happened again. Um, 
But if they have any replica of success, this is it. So I think, yeah, go bring back what you got. Hope the official comes back healthy. He was a start. I mean, last two years, he's been a Vezina candidate. He was a starter for most of the season. He got he wasn't right. Lost playing time to to Hadovin, and clearly he was because he was injured. And then he went down, almost left the bubble, but he didn't really dress again. So uh, I think I gotta believe when he's healthy, he's an elite goaltender again. I agree. All right, Carolina. Who cares? Um, Toronto. Anderson, do they keep him or do they get rid of him? There was so much chatter early on in this offseason that they were going to get Matt Murray, that they were going to trade Frederick Anderson. I, I said it was a mistake. What do you think Toronto's going to do? Or I'll take this one. They got to keep Frederick Anderson. Yeah, I agree. I just, I just feel strongly about this. I feel like people in Toronto, they give him such a hard time. If you look at the, the analytics behind his games, he has kept his team in so many games and so many seasons. It's insane. Like, he, he really does bail out a lot of their terrible, terrible mistakes on the offensive zone and in the defensive zone. And he just, night after night, makes really, really, really difficult saves look easy. And then he'll let in a, a kind of a muffin every once in a while, and everyone jumps all over him. Or he'll have a bad couple games. And it's just like, oh, this guy's brutal. We, we're not going to win the cup with a goalie like this. No, he is a good goalie. Don't let the fans or the media pressure you into getting rid of a really good goaltender. Just to go out to get a lateral move, if not a worse goaltender, Matt Murray. So I, I, they need to keep Freddie Anderson. I think he's a really, really good goaltender. Columbus Blue Jackets, can they get out from under that contract? Which one? Um, gosh. No, they, that's, sorry, he moved on. They have Elvis Merzlikens. And Corpus Allo. They're fine. Allo. I think they're fine. New York Islanders, Varlamov. Yeah, I think they keep him. And they probably maybe resign Greece or someone similar. All right. Winnipeg's good. Rangers are good. Calgary. Woof. Woof. What is Calgary doing? Who do they have? Is that uh, Riddy? Ratty? Who's their goal? And Smith. Radich and Smith. Dan Raddick and Mike Smith. I think you just gas both of them. You get them out the door. Start fresh. We're just scorched earth with the Calgary Flames goaltending duo. Then we bring in a Holpe. Then we bring in someone else. We just got to start fresh. Trade for Tuca. Because, again, they have such a good team. They really, really do. They have Stanley Cup aspirations. When you look at their forward groups, it's a very good group. Like, they, they can hang with anybody out there. And their D right. is good, too. And their D is good, too. Florida Panthers, can they get out from that? This is what I was thinking of. Can they get out from under the contract? Bobrovsky. No. No, he's there. He's a lifer. Nashville. You got the- – they're they're strange. What's are they going to get rid of Pekka Rene? You can't really. He's making big bucks. They have that other tall. Gosh, what's that other guy's name? Aros, right? Yeah, yeah. They're I think they. Yeah, I think they are too. And maybe we'll see. You know, to be determined who's got the the uh, starting slot. But that's those are their guys. All right, let's try to motor through this. Vancouver, they got to find a way to keep Markstrom. Yep, I agree. Need to, even though Demko, I. I I hate when people are like, oh, well, he played good in three games in the playoffs. It's like, great. That's great. He can't carry a team for 82 games. Maybe he can, but you can't just give him the keys to a Ferrari because that's what Vancouver is at this point. It's a Ferrari. Like, you're, you're going to have a good team regardless who you put in that, but you can have a great team if you put a great goalie in there. So I, I think they need to find a way to keep Markstrom. If they can't, that's a very enticing spot to play for a veteran goaltender. Vancouver is a beautiful city. You got a great young team behind you. You can eat sushi all day long. 
I knew you were going to bring up the sushi every time we say Vancouver. I am not a big sushi guy. My favorite meal is to give me like a nice pork chop with some potatoes and some kind of veg, like a cauliflower, a cheesy cauliflower. Vancouver has the best sushi I've ever had in my whole life. Hands down. Hands down. And I, I don't know what they do to it. They probably just get the fish. Like I order it. This is what I envision. I order it. I say, give me your special roll. Give me a spicy tuna. And I want some kind of, because I can't eat shrimp, crab, or lobster. My, my dietary allergies kind of kick in. They go out and catch the fish right there. And they butcher it. And it's beautiful. And they put this sauce on it. Oh, if you ever get a chance, Tim, I'm telling you right now, you're used to the East Coast. Go to the West Coast. Do they do sushi in Boston or no? Yeah, they do. More chowder, right? Chowder. They don't do sushi out in the East Coast. They do, yeah. What they fish do everywhere? They put on it? There's sushi in Michigan, dude. There's, there's sushi everywhere. I know there's sushi everywhere. I'm aware of that, but that's not what they're known for. If you go to a restaurant on the ocean in Vancouver, you're getting sushi. Yeah. If you go to a restaurant on the ocean in Vancouver, you're most likely getting lobsters. Boston. Yeah, yeah. you're getting lobsters. Land. Yep. You're getting mollusks, stuff like that. Tim. Yep. Oysters, mussels, lobsters, all that stuff. You can get sushi in Alaska. You can get sushi in Michigan. All right. Minnesota. Scorched earth. I'm sorry, Al Stalock. They got to get rid of everybody. Yeah. But what do you do, though? Just fast forward for years. That would be a good tertiary goalie somewhere else. Like He's a good backup goalie. But again, you just need a couple fresh faces in there. I think, and they're not going to get rid of Al. He's on a great contract for a few more years, but you got to get rid of Dubnik. They've been trying, they've been trying to talk to San Jose for a trade, but Doug Wilson, like, is he that, is he that dumb to trade for Devin Dubnik? I truly believe Devin Dubnik, Devin, Devin Dubnik is the white whale in the NHL right now, where if you have his contract, you're going to, you're going to die. You're going to go down with the ship because he just is not a good goalie anymore. Like I, that's just the sense that I get. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, hard to argue that. All right, moving on. Arizona, Darcy Camper. I've heard his names and trade rumors around the way. We'll see what happens there. Chicago, Corey Crawford is going to be tied to them. Montreal, Carey Price. Like you're not going to be able to move him. Who's Buffalo's goalie? Who is playing goaltending in Buffalo right now? <laughs> I don't even know. Um, I have no clue. Who Linus Allmark and Carter Hutton. Is that is that a good sign when the hockey podcast, who this is our job, we don't know who the goaltenders are in Buffalo. Is that is that say we're doing a bad job or Buffalo is doing a bad job? I tend to think that's on Buffalo that we can't even name one goaltender from your team. They need to they need to change it up. The only problem is. No one is going to want to go play in Buffalo at this point. At this at this point in the Buffalo Sabres franchise, no good goaltender is going to want to go to play there. So, anyways, moving on, they'll they'll be hard pressed to find a goalie. New Jersey Devils, ugh, like they, they, it's not even fun. Anaheim Ducks, they have Gibson. L.A. They have Quick. San Jose. It's I feel so bad. The L, the, the California teams are just they're going to be in rough shape for a few years. They had their run where they were the, the creme de la creme of the NHL. They did. For a, good, for a good decade. They were winning cups. They were competing. They were contending. No one wanted to go on that West Coast road swing. Oh, it's the dumpster fire over there now. 
they have they have taken in what is happening in California into their team mentality with the fires. <laughs> They're like, we're gonna we wanna be just like the uh the forest in California. Ottawa Again, they're just like Buffalo. Who's going to want to go play in Ottawa? Someone who doesn't have any other options. The same thing in Detroit. It should be interesting. Jimmy Howard. It'll be very Jimmy Howard. They they cannot have Jimmy Howard back. I would love it if they got a guy like a Flurry or a guy like a Holpe just to kind of start fresh and Holpe kind of embrace the situation in Ottawa or Detroit and be like, listen, we're going to turn this around. I'm a Stanley Cup champion. I know how to win. Let's go. Follow me. I think Detroit is a little more appealing than Ottawa. And that's just based on Stevie Eiserman. So we'll see where it goes, Tim's. I'm not talking about goalies again. I'm done. No more goalie talk for the next, like, ten episodes. I'm, I'm f- done with it. And after I say that, tomorrow, Longfist will sign with the Bruins and Rask will be traded to Toronto and Anderson will be bought out. But news only. <clears throat> no more speculation. News no only. More. We, we reported the news. beat this horse to death. And then we revived him and we beat him to death again. Because, man, I, goaltending talk is crazy. Well, before we wrap up, I just want to share that uh, I have figured out who I want the Bruins to go for this offseason. So that's and, what you've been doing this whole time while I've been talking. You've been No, no, no. I, I did it over the weekend. I've been ready to talk about it. I want them to go trade for Kyle Palmieri. He sells wow, a, what, a, what a blockbuster move. They're going to win the cup. He solves a lot of problems for them. He's a good goal scorer. He can score a 30 in the right situation. He's been 26, 27, 25 easily, including 25 in the shortened season this year. He puts up double-digit power play goals every year and 20 to 25 points on the power play. Right-handed shot, they need that. He makes it uh, four and a half for one more year, so it's not like it's a huge risk contract. Easy money. I, I like Kyle Palmieri. He was an all-star last year. Give me Kyle Palmari, put him on, on uh, Krejci's wing, solves a lot of problems for the black and gold. Is he with the Devils or Anaheim right now? He's with the Devils. The Devils. I like that move, Tim. Nice work. Call up Don Sweeney. It's Get so easy. Yeah. Come on, Don. You should tweet at him. Well, what would you You have to trade for them? What would you give up? I can't imagine it would be that much because the Devils are going to be bad. They're only under contract for one more year. I, I don't really give up much off the the current roster. So and it, if they said it was DeBrusque, I would think about it. But even then, I'm not totally sure. I might. If it was DeBrusque, I might. Uh, but, yeah, they can give a prospect or something. And then just – and Oliver ekman Larson still linked to only Vancouver and the Bruins. I guess those are the only two teams he wants to go to. Uh, and the word was that Vancouver is pushing harder for him but that um, Arizona likes the bro- Boston's prospects more. Uh, and Boston's got a lot of like NHL-ready type prospects in their system in the AHL. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, but I like this, the, the layout you laid out last week of just giving a prospect or two and a pick or two, and they take you know half of the contract, and all of a sudden you're getting a player of his caliber for 3 or $4 million. I'd be down with that for sure. Yeah, I don't think they'll be able to get away with three or four million, but I bet you they'll get Arizona to eat two million of that deal, maybe three million. So they'll be on the hook for maybe six, seven million bucks, which is still a lot. But if they can get them to eat a little bit more and maybe send a second or first rounder along with the prospect, you know, a first rounder, Jake DeBrusque, and you eat five million per, that's a win for Boston, I would think. Because like really, their first round draft picks are, are almost second rounders because they're so late in the draft usually. Yeah, 
Yeah. So like, you're not going to get a stud stud guy. It's, it's a lottery shoot at that point in the draft. So I don't know. It's going to be exciting because all this will happen this week before the free agency period hits. Very exciting. The draft is just right around the corner after that. So buckle in, Tim. It's going to get crazy. And then when your mom leaves, we can have a little more time to do some research, <laughs> do some episodes. I wanted to do a fun one today, and he goes, I can't do it. My mom's here. I want to hang out with her. I'm like, all right, fine. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, we got, we got a long off season coming. Or a did short you, one. But Did you introduce your mom to your girlfriends? Oh, it's multiple now? Yeah. Okay. Not yet? No. She's going to be upset if she leaves and doesn't even meet one of them. You know that. Yeah, that's okay. Will she listen to the episode today? Uh, no, maybe on our flight home. Okay, because you guys are coming over for dinner tomorrow night. I don't want to be just ambushed by Mrs. Wurzberger. You, you've done it for like the last seven episodes, though, so she, she can ask. I know. It's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, you did it to yourself. You did it to yourself. I'm just... Telling the truth, my man. Don't don't be don't shoot the messenger. That's what I always say. All right, Tim. Well, go have fun with your mom. You're taking the day off work. What are you guys doing? We're gonna go on a hike um, out at Pyramid Point or somewhere around there on the dunes. We're gonna do some wineries and and meeting some family for dinner tonight. So oh, beautiful. Pretty nice little Monday. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. That is nice. That doesn't make sense, but um, very good, Move, Tim. Movie Sorry. reference. Okay. Strike one. Have a good day, my man, and we'll talk to you. We'll see you tomorrow night at my house. See you tomorrow. All right, bye, everybody. Cheers. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Dropping Underscore Gloves for episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise, including T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.